Welcome to Criminal Giants, a comedic true crime watch-along podcast where we watch Criminal Minds, all 15 seasons, and discuss the true crime that can be linked, however indirectly, to the episode. We're your hosts, Stacey Johnson and Veronica Shea, and this week we're joined by Jazzy Biner in discussing Season 1, Episode 16, The Tribe. No, I tried it once. Didn't go well. <laughs> it's written. It's written, Jazzy. She had to I read know. it. She had to read it. I don't know how to read. It's hard sometimes. I was also public school educated. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's awesome to meet you because I've been listening to the podcast and I occasionally just like tell, like, I just have conversations with you guys with Veronica's. I videos. love it. I'll like send her a screenshot and I'm like, oh my God, he loved to have rats eat people alive. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> what was that movie with the rat and he was like best friends? Oh, God. Ratatouille. Pixar? No, Michael Jackson did the song from it. Ben. 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 Yeah. Ew, that was what? creepy. Mm -hmm. I used to love the mouse in the motorcycle. He was so practical. He had a little ping pong helmet. The great mouse detective. That shit was my jam. Oh, that was good. Um, there was also Willard. 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 That was, yeah, that was creepy. I feel like, are we focusing on mice and rats because Manson's kind of just one step? <laughs> like he's well, just he's small one step like above. A, a mouse. Small, and he's got the like raggedy hair thing going on. He just on. looks like he smells. He looks like he fucking smells. <laughs> I saw like this thing smells. the other day, and I almost sent it to Veronica, and it was like, "Which rat am I today?" And I was gonna make her pick which rat I was, <laughs> and it was all these like different things. I didn't though, so be proud of me because I knew you wouldn't like it. <laughs> Thank you. I think I'm starting to purposely do things that I know you would like <laughs> that's nice 15 years in that's nice <laughs> i know i know it has and been that's growth years. it's growth that's good job stacy therapy Finally. is paying off i'm still gonna koala the shit out of you though no so. too bad jazzy this is someone who you haven't known me that long but did i ever come off to you as a touchy person a huggy person <laughs> or a cuddly person a cuddly would probably not be in the first 10 adjectives i would use to describe sure you. sure yeah this bitch <laughs> likes to come through the door or find me on a couch and latch on yeah. including <laughs> the legs all limbs all right and yes. koala me and uh -huh. she said i know you don't <laughs> like this and that's part of why i like doing it <laughs> she hates it so much and if that's not some rapist bullshit she doesn't hate it. i don't know what is she was role-playing being a frat boy that was I'm, she knows oh, my type <laughs> she knows my oh, problematic God. type <laughs> now you see now you see the issue that's why i had to get really good at being friends with people because that's how i get a leg up in life not my smarts i'm kidding i'm actually a very smart person no i love your self-esteem you are very smart thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is a fun episode. <laughs> More fun oh my than gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I bet you get that suit off and I bet he's fun. I You're I like no. He's one, those, he's one of those guys that planks on you. <laughs> like just like 
like puts it in like what do the mormons call it hot dogging no. hot dog no, uh, no um <laughs> that's not a thing Soaking, soaking. Yeah, soaking. like just like soaking. That's how. Have we you not heard kids. of soaking, Stacy? No, I'm afraid to ask. What is that? Basically, it's not a sin to penetrate. So the man will penetrate the woman, and then they'll get a very close friend to bounce up and down on the bed to force movement. And as long as no one moves, it's not sex. Oh, <laughs> and so now we know how. <laughs> So now we know how Jesus was conceived while um, still retaining virginity. Stacy's oh. reaction. <laughs> okay, it's some um, kinky that's a, shit. That's a that's a something. The yeah. name kind of always has like creeped me out, like because like the soaking part of it. It's gross. And I just I mean the whole thing's like you might as well go all the way, right? Just move, but. You know, I guess. What if I'm you pop out? Then what? You're just like you're done, right? Flopping on each other, in. like yeah. Are Mormons well endowed? Is that what we're learning? That they're like so well endowed. There's no. We need there's to no rethink this. No, no, we don't need to do any of that. We don't need to go deeper into soaking. We don't need to steep in it. I'm always a rolling stone. <laughs> Wherever she laid her head, I called her. Oh, that's not it, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went too far on the caffeine side, you guys. I'm sorry. <sighs> no, Careful I what love you the asked unhinged for. nature of this. It's perfect. It's a perfect tone. <laughs> Oh, good. God. <laughs> Speaking of onion. The episode. Uh, small the rat episode. <laughs> Okay, so this was episode 16, The Tribe. We open in New Mexico. A group of kids are partying in a newly built but empty house, and they get massacred. And a blonde girl gets kidnapped. Uh, there are five 19-year-old victims. They have minimal defensive wounds. No one was bound, and no one escaped. They were skinned alive, and one was impaled on um, a wooden spike. These are all war rituals of Native American Plains people. The BAU realizes they're dealing with a pack, which is three or more that kill in unison. They find out that the killings were on Apache land that had been seized by developers through imminent domain legislation. And the tribe, the Apache peoples were fighting it in court. The BAU visits the reservation and they meet John Blackwolf who is the reservation police, also an Indian activist and an expert on indigenous cultures. They also find out that there is an anti-Indian group led by some racist asshole named Minton, and they put Minton on surveillance. The Minton household and the cop watching them are massacred. No one has asked for ransom for this girl who's gone missing. Her name is Ingrid. What a name. Her single father says he didn't know that she was missing, which is why he didn't report it. But something is definitely off with the dad. He does a press conference asking for the return of his kid. And the kidnappers see it, immediately call the FBI and say they'll return the girl. But they like don't want to get charged with anything because the dad has paid them to kidnap her. Like big old coincidence that there was then a massacre, right? The kidnappers were like, we don't know anything about it. So Reed interviews Ingrid and she is weird. 
She has super blank stares. She keeps repeating her name and her social. They find out she dropped out of school and moved, kind of cut off ties with everyone because she was in a cult. This is very culty behavior or prisoner of war behavior. They find out the dad has reached out to a deprogrammer and he's now trying to protect Ingrid because in all likelihood, the cult and his daughter had something to do with these massacres. The They talk to Ingrid again and she keeps talking about grandfather and his teachings and how he, he keeps saying that the Apache are lost and wandering, waiting for their Messiah, and he has come in the form of this white asshole grandfather. They find the leader in an abandoned motel in the middle of the Deadlands, and he says that his followers are out hunting. They realize the reservation is the next target because he is trying to start a race war, and the followers are taken down one by one by Hotch and Black Wolf. This is a very Hotch-centric episode. We meet his brother. They have a fight. Very dysfunctional. Hotch, again, carries two guns. We know this already about him. And he's a bit combative with uh, his little indigenous counterpart, Black Wolf. But all in mm. all, all's in a day's work. Things end up pretty well, except for those who were um, brutally killed. Fiend, that's our the episode. End. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. So many. I have notes. I know it's your favorite. I know Hotch specifically is your favorite character, which is nice <laughs> to see. You, living embodiment of a mothball. Hotch sucks the air out of every room. He's like an atomic bomb of a personality. Just like. Oh, he's like fun. <laughs> Like loud <laughs> and bright. <laughs> and you want your skin to slop. I'm off here. <laughs> Causes your baby to be born without limbs. Honestly, he's not really a great parent. Like he's like He's very really busy catching bad guys, road. Jazzy. He's, he's very busy. Um, I'm I'm glad that you brought up one of the things like the that it's like set in this prefab home being built over um the mm. Native American burial ground. I was like Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. trope. <laughs> like I know, right? style. And with all those people killed in the house, it's gonna be haunted. Do you think that the people Man. who buy that prefab home have to have that disclosed to them? Yes. Yes. They Legally. do. Seven yes. years. For seven years, they have to disclose that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That home's never getting sold. <laughs> it's really fucked up the real estate market of that neighborhood. Yeah. I don't know, man. You'd be surprised. There's some weird people out there that like stuff like that. There were so many things about them going to that house to investigate. Like once Black Wolf does come into the story, when he goes and he's like, I can tell you've got the gun because you hobble or whatever his... <laughs> he says his, uh, his like right foot mm -hmm. instep print is deeper than his left one. He's like, and you don't right. appear to have a clubbed right <laughs> foot. He's so sassy. I love Black Wolf. It leads into like Black Wolf. I have a lot of questions about the people who wrote this episode. Black Wolf looking at the shoe prints and being like, oh no, there were eight people here and there was a 19-year-old girl and she was on her period. Like, how did he, was he there for right. 45 seconds? And was like, was like, oh, and she had broccoli for dinner. Like, that was wild. It took me out. I was Did it? So there are people who can do that. <laughs> Not the period and the broccoli thing. Well, I guess unless you're like bleeding. But... <laughs> But I work with trappers and trackers for dogs, and you would be surprised what they can see. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I think there are people who could track 
humans. Who could tell that there were nine people around by the shoe prints. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know if like, because the way that they came in was in like single file to try to hide that. So that would be, I don't know, but. They'd also said earlier in the episode that people were tracking in and out of the crime scene. Like that it had already been, and it was a construction site. So there would be multiple Mm -hmm. shoe prints there is kind of. Yeah, it would be hard. So the fact that he nailed the amount of family members, like I I know Um, that the show is fake, but you know, he is right. He is an indigenous person with powers that we don't know. And Correct. quite frankly, well, it's racist for you to question it. Oh, drama. I was going to be like, well, <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, Jazzy's the racist one, not Stacy. <laughs> okay, gonna- let's hear this. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, like, if we think about it, we have evolved as a society in which we don't have to do that anymore. However, there are still some practices in certain cultures that continue to utilize that skill yeah it would be a definite skill if you could tell right ate broccoli from their shoe prints right right exactly but i we don't do that anymore maybe it's just i'm so unaware of my surroundings that i can't even (laughs) fathom somebody being that aware of their surroundings again like if i walk into my bedroom wall every day how does this man know that there were nine of these (laughs) cult members right i don't know enough to know if all of the facts that they were throwing out there were right about Mm. indigenous culture but i was very uncomfortable the whole episode every like when like whenever they'd be like oh yeah they skin people and all of these like really uh, like aggressive Mm -hmm. attributes being like this is their culture but I would bet they are true because with those kinds of things, they will like check it with experts for sure. They will like the writers. Yeah. The writers, they check it. Uh, so, but what they were talking about wasn't their culture. It was their, how they went to war with things, right? right. Which is not right. indigenous culture. And like Black Wolf says at one point, you should know better. We don't do massacres. You do. Right. Like the right, US government right, right. is the one who does massacres, not well, Indian. Well, that's people what I was going to say Native is people. I love Black Wolf because he was like he, they used him as like the vocal of all of my questions. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I still trust the writers because it was like 2006 and they're still calling everybody Indians. And OK, I don't well, OK, so I had Black that Wolf. question. So I had that question <laughs> with Yellowstone recently and i was like why does the native americans call themselves indians and they say a lot of them do they will use that term themselves and they've they have taken that term but it is not okay for white people to call them indians yeah like strictly and the cops strictly were like indians but in 2006 that was still our that was absolutely still how we spoke about let's them. be honest it's not okay for white people to do anything really we don't deserve it i'm i'm in i, I realized i should say I vocally know. i'm in agreement with you yeah. <laughs> i was doing Take a that. head nod and i was like oh yeah audio yeah no it's i, I feel like i feel like if, if i have a question i try to just be like i shouldn't if i have a question about it i shouldn't like that's well, I, so I we, know. where Stacy and I grew up, I used to go like boating on this lake on the Indian reservation. And they, I say Indian reservation because that is what right, they are called. Right. They're set up by white people. It's on the signs, but we grew up with Paiute Indians and Shoshone Indians and 
or Paiute people and Shish- it's so hard for me to break that because of growing up there and that's how uh-huh. you're educated but the Paiute and Shoshone tribes and a lot of our field trips were about early indigenous peoples in the region and we would go out into the desert and be able to find arrowheads and we would have reservation represent you know representatives walking us through museums and telling us about this kind of stuff so i feel less weird in the space of <laughs> not that i like know anything talk but like i feel yeah, less yeah, weird yeah. asking the questions than like i do in black culture where i'm like i should probably know this but i didn't grow up in a city with a lot of black people mm. so that one for me is it's more i had to do a lot of learning during black lives matter <laughs> more so but that's why i know like when and they do talk about that you know the cop was like are you saying that these people aren't indians because they wouldn't be so brutal it's like no i'm saying they're not indians because they would not be so confused that they were yeah. doing war rituals of too many tribes and trying yeah. to say it's all apache and now the apache are known as the most brutal in war that the American government ever came up across. And they were not going to let white men come in and tell them what to do. So the skinning alive, the impaling, that are those are things that the Apache did back okay. in the day. But I mean, think of everything we've done in war. My God, nothing yeah. again in comparison <laughs> to what, yeah. you know. I don't know. Again, it's splitting hairs because it's, it's criminal minds. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. So you say, like, look what we've done in war. Like, these are also things. Like, with as quickly as the show jumps to the conclusion, it's not like white people have never skinned people alive. It's not like white Correct. people have never put impaled people and things like that. I get it. They got 45 minutes. They had to get this story moving. There was has a lot of un- discomfort where it was like skinning people, impaling. These must be this. This must be Apache Wars. That's fair because you could also <laughs> see the skinned alive and impaled on a stake and go, "Oh, this must be Christian Inquisition." I was gonna say like <laughs> yeah. early Europeans. Yeah, like, right, right, yes. right. I just went to the torture museum on Hollywood Boulevard <gasps> and brutal shit in there and i think that might be why like maybe that's why my mind's sensitive too or i'm like yeah it's not like the, these well, things aren't like just that culture good. but yeah it's also splitting it's, hairs because it's, it's a good that that we are minute. sensitive right because mm. i'm sure back mm. then no one would have had this conversation but now race is such a, a forefront issue which it should be and should be discussed and talked about that it is good that you're like wait 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 <laughs> this is red flag central <laughs> is this real is this true but having worked in the industry specifically with drunk history we would double check everything they they do they bring in consultants they okay. send out the script and they're like is this right and that's why they have people like reed and black wolf as the mouthpiece supposedly well, and that was what i appreciated about the black wolf character was it did a lot like i i kept on oscillating that's all part of why i brought i uh, brought it up like i kept oscillating on the the writing of the episode going this is either the most sketchy like i'm like uh, or it's the most brilliant because they're representing the ignorant side and then the mm-hmm. corrective side as a yeah. balance and i couldn't figure out if it was on purpose or not like i i'm yeah. like i couldn't figure out if they had like purposely done that so that was where i ended but i did start off of the episode just like oh god yeah (laughs) which is fair what i thought was a little too hollywood fied hollywoodized was the reservation 
it looked too nice. It looked like oh. they used just kind of school trailers. And mm-hmm. while reservations do have school trailers, if you do spend any time on reservations, which I have been fortunate f- enough to do, you do see a very stark difference in mm. how they live and the roads and the schools and the houses. And most do mm-hmm. not have like sewer systems, right? And so it's like a very... It was a little too nice. Of course, again, 45 minutes, their focus is not on the indigenous people, but things like reservation dogs does a great yeah. job of showing life on the reservation. Reservation dogs. And then Yellowstone actually does a really good job at yes. it as well. Yellowstone does for as problematic as that showrunner is. God, Yellowstone is really one of my favorite shows right now, which is so like boomer Republican of me. But like, I promise guys, <laughs> liberals, you can like it too, because it shows the issue from every side, Mm. the homesteader, Mm. the indigenous tribe, the developers, and the geopolitical ramifications that have been like forced into these areas. Of course, you are very much on the side of the homesteaders. That's how it's set up. But you're not against, you're only really against the developers. Actually, that's who's really the villain. You're not ever against the tribe. And you do see like one of the sons is married to a woman, an indigenous woman, and they live on the reservation. And you see the difference of how they live a lot. And it's, yeah, it's a really good job. Yeah, Stacey, that's a good show Mm -hmm. to show Mm -hmm. the stark contrast of white life versus reservation life. In the same area. In the exact same area. It's literally the same area. It's wild. Down the street. But like, that's how Nevada is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way about like Palm Springs and 29 Palms. Yeah. Or even the Salton Sea where with Slab City. It's a creepy place. Creepy place. Smelly place. The Salton Sea. (laughs) (laughs) Very smelly. (laughs) And what's the mountain called? Love Mountain? What's the like fucking man-made rainbow It's around the corner from Salvation Mountain and Salvation Mountain. And then Slab City, which is like the wild fucking west out there. But And then inside of Slab City, there's another art commune called East Jesus that's a super, super Google. Dang. <laughs> I'm so fascinated by the whole area. And I do. I love I love going down to East Jesus. But I feel like you, uh, oh, you yeah. would be ripe for the picking for a cult. Oh, my God. I am two days away from being a second rate sex cult leaders. Fuck calendar keeper. Like, I know it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I love going out to the desert where they have, <laughs> you know, intentional communities. That's what people in cults call them. Intentional <laughs> communities. Communities. You have to have a deprogrammer on speed dial for me. Like that's like you are my interventionist life coach. I I might be able to deprogram. I've done research. (laughs) 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 Okay. Ted Patrick was a high school dropout who had no training in it and he created deprogramming. So you know, I'm, we I scoff and laugh, but I guess if anybody was bullheaded enough to figure it out, it's <laughs> it would be. Yeah. I don't think, because they do say, they say that at any point, a cult can get you, right? Like cults have gotten doctors and it's not just these lost souls. It's like, there's a way to get you. And they're master manipulators. Yeah. I just don't know. I would be hard. I'd be a hard get 
because you, you'd be I just, a hard get. like, I just don't care. You'd be a big fish. Like the cult would have your photo in its war room and it would be like, yeah. what are we going to do to get Veronica today? And it would be I like, think I'd a, be more likely to be a cartoon. leader. Like I could see myself <laughs> being like, well, this isn't working out. I'll start a cult. Why don't we j- I'll start a cult. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I've got a spreadsheet. I would join it. <laughs> See, I already got one. Jazzy, you said you're good with calendars. <laughs> I'm good with calendars. Like, you know, about the Manson family, this is the thing that fascinates me about it is I feel like we've missed out on like 50 years of talking about social manipulation and boundaries and how things happen and why things happen and how America's penal system feeds into the criminality just as much as anything else. But we couldn't because it was he was turned into this mystical man when he was really just a toxic murder mm-hmm. elf like it, mm-hmm. he was just like he was that dude at the party that like you're like who invited him and your friend's like oh he's cool just give him a chance and then and then he starts the next- playing wonderwall on the guitar he brought and you're like what Done. Right. That's who he up. is at the party. Sign me up. And then next thing you know, you're stabbing a pregnant woman. Like it's that is Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, but he so... was made... A to B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it really did only take like a year and a half for that to happen. If we talk about when yeah. he was paroled and when the murders occurred. Yes. Yeah, Wait, before we do though, let's real quick. Oh, Shamar. Yeah, we have to objectify Shamar. Just to get it out of the way, you know, just a little bit of... We're taking back objectification and making it our own. I don't think women ever really stopped. I think we're just allowed to talk about it now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and I think we're less gross about it. We're (laughs) we're less criminal about it. It doesn't really turn into something Right. Gimme, gimme more. Okay, so you all got the photo of him leaning in Mm -hmm. his dark blue sweater thing Mm -hmm. so we rate one to five helpings of shamar understanding he's always a 10 but sometimes he's so much more Mm -hmm. yeah love us a shamar i'm gonna say this shamar is giving me a four (gasps) me too oh twist yeah, it's like not quite perfect, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah, I'm into it. He's it wasn't a big Shamar episode, so we didn't get a lot of him, but mm-hmm. he was flirty with Garcia. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. He was out of the suit and tie. Mm-hmm. He's relaxed. He's out in the field. He's tackling people. You know, it's like, mm, yes, please. Yeah. Oh, Jazzy has problems. What? Oh, go on. <laughs> no, no, no. I just hadn't given my rating yet. And I was going to yes. follow the format, but I don't have to. <laughs> no, do it. Actually, I guess I do have problems. You are right. Veronica. There it is. <laughs> no, I give I, I say five. I say five. <gasps> Yay. We love to see a five. We love to see it. So I'm going to piggyback off of your fours, all of the reasons. But I also add the five because I wanted more of that Shamar more. That's my yes. favorite Derek Morgan. And if we had more Derek Morgan, we'd have less Hotch. Therefore, I see, he gets I a see five. where the problem is. Yeah, I love it. Love a five. <laughs> Ooh, it's a good one. He, that sweater, he was working that sweater. It was hugging yeah, him in all the right it. places. Yes. It was a hot, heavy episode. Yeah. Mothball. Okay. <laughs> now. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Manson. Okay. Yeah, from the time he was paroled to the time we were stabbing pregnant ladies was 
not long. <laughs> it was not. It was it was like two well, years. Was, yeah. I think so it this, was like 1967 when he ended up at hate. That's mm-hmm. yes. Yes. It's into 69, summer of 69. Yeah. So this episode was obviously helter skelter to the wanting to start a race war mm-hmm. and for the white leader to become the leader of Manson wanted to lead black America. This guy wanted to lead Native Americans, which is, of course, just so much racism thinking that anyone needs to be led by a white guy. But that's what we see with all these cults. It's a way to control women, and they're usually very much steeped in racism. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know, Jazz, that you love cult lore and the Manson family. So you tell us, you you talk to us about it. Tell us all your thoughts and feelings. So on your so, short king, he is a short king, isn't he? Like he had to smell so bad. You were talking about it earlier that oh, he looks like he it, smells. All the photos, just you mm-hmm. can smell them. You can smell like, them. Mm-hmm. Think like. about fucking in a barn because that's mm. like basically they lived in stables on Spawn Ranch. Like they were having these orgies, and he doesn't look like a shower, and he's like coming at you. He's like, I'm God, man. Like, could you imagine being Ooh. like, you know what? I think this dude's got. Some shit like he's really going places but like you would smell too like i'm sure they all smelled like onions like i'm sure that place was fucking like onions and fish just rank so like the thing about the manson story that i find fascinating is how how much power he amassed just by using the tactics he learned to survive while he was in jail as a child Yes. And part of you saying they smelled too, they smelled like onions. He's encountering people like one, it didn't get to the size of 40 because those 40 people smelled like onions when they got to him. And then also he is hanging out with Terry Melcher and he's hanging out with Dennis Mm -hmm. Wilson. They don't smell like onions. I'm assuming one of them didn't <laughs> smell like onions. I mean, Terry Melcher was with Angelica Houston. She doesn't seem like a, an onion fucker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. For those that don't know, Dennis Wilson is that of the Beach Boys. And yes. he knew Manson from, I forget how they met, but... Through the girls. The yes. two girls were hitchhiking and he picked That's him up and right. fucked him. And then they moved into his house for like a summer and he couldn't get them out. And he was like supplying. At first it was fun for him. Like he was like, oh, look at my new onion smelly friends. And then they (laughs) like he would pay for like all of the like gonorrhea and chlamydia medication that they needed all the time. And then after a while, he's like, this is a lot. I don't want to deal with it. And he just moved and left them there. Yeah. And Melcher had to come in and get them evicted. Mm-hmm. Like, but then Wilson kept hanging out with, but he, he was the one who killed himself too, right? He drove his car yeah. off. Was done. Yeah. Well, he, so he had some problems himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I find fascinating about it is that I, that social idea of like, you're socialized to be nice. I mean, Stacy, mm-hmm. we are Veronica exception to the rule. Veronica was was brought up by a strong independent Jewish mother. Ah, Terrifying. Veronica has... Intimidating, but I love her. Jazzy was telling me that when she first met me, she was scared of and then and then in a strong twist and explanation of our friendship she dropped andre chikatilo the vampire of dusseldorf and i was like oh my god she's not scary at all (laughs) it's like she knows serial killers that's not terrifying (laughs) so so this is a situation though where i was like oh she's so cool and then i found out about you and we socially met each other right no i'm bringing Mm -hmm. it back to manson so it's like can you imagine going to a friend's party 
or a friend's event. And then Manson's in the corner hanging out with Dennis Wilson and Terry Melcher. And there had to have been a lot of people and not had to. There was a lot of people who I think were like, ew, he's skeevy, but they say he's okay. So he's okay. And I think that there's a huge lesson to learn about following your instincts on somebody based on the amount of people who came out afterwards saying I always was uncomfortable and the way that we allow charisma to be king mm-hmm. and, and the things that we excuse from people because they're charismatic and yeah. because for some reason somebody else likes them so then they get to perform at the you know comedy clubs down in Orange County because it doesn't matter that they've started their own mm-hmm. cult of personality Crystalia so yeah. like Yes. For anyone who is interested in this, Crystalia has started a sex cult of mostly underage girls. They are branded with his initials. Very Nexium Light. Yeah, very Nexium Light, correct. There's a documentary about it on YouTube you can find by a fellow comic who is speaking. Kyle Anderson? I yeah. think that's right. And honestly, to potentially the detriment of his future career, because Chris is a big comic, but he's mm-hmm. also been blackballed now from the comedy store and the Hollywood improv in LA. But so he's not, not allowed to perform there, but not corporate improv around the country. And the reason to even bring it up is bringing back to the what we could have learned, mm-hmm. what we could have learned right. had we talked about this in a non sensational way way back then because yeah. we did get nexium afterwards like this is well, crystalia is a cult of personality where you look at him you go look at of course he's a sex cult leader look at him like yeah. i am not surprised plus he's jared tall. leto though plus he's tall jared leto doesn't he do something similar cult of personality yeah, he's, sex? he's culty personality yeah There's so a lot i of i a lot of grooming and and a lot of social grooming of peers as well that then allows for the other more serious shit to go down. And mm. um, as somebody who is two days away from being the fuck calendar keeper, that is wh- where I get fascinated by because it's like, how do I see this in person when things like this are so regularized? Is yeah. that a word? Normalized. Normalized, Normalized, I think is the word. I like regularized. Yeah, regularized. But- I don't think it exists. But But you're absolutely right, Jazz, because we do talk about Manson in almost a vacuum of like, look at this thing that happened. And it's so unique that it happened when in reality, the 60s and 70s were so full of cults, so full of cults because people were, it was a counterculture. People were leaving the church, but they still had that spiritualization. They wanted to find a different way of living. They wanted to find community. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. a it was rife for communal living or intentional communities. And so there <laughs> were so many cults before Manson. There were so many cults after Manson that continue today and not all of them are I forget what the deprogrammer calls them. They're like harmful cults, something like that. But there are some that are not different levels. There's different levels yeah. of cults. Yeah. yeah, there are some that agree. are just communes, but then there are killer mm-hmm. cults. And Manson was not the only killer cult. There were so many. And Manson wasn't even the worst cult. The Children of God, I think, is probably the worst the cult. Worst. Yeah. Uh, or the Family worst. International, I think is its traditional uh, name. And this is the cult that you see Rose McGowan was brought up in the Phoenix children, Joaquin and his siblings. Mm-hmm. It just, and it was just a front for child rape. That's all it was. And that's where kind of deprogramming started. 
was. Well, and there, this is and where they, the the women, where we say there are some of that percentage of women. This is where we can call out the bad women cult leaders and participants yeah. as well, because uh, oh, there yeah. were also the women uh, participating in the child rape. There was nobody protecting yes. those kids whatsoever. Correct. No. And I mean, they've used women as a way to recruit for decades because women are not scary to other women or to children right. and to families. Well, Nexium used women. Nexium. Yes. Yep. And for those that don't know Nexium, uh, there's a great documentary on it in or in, on HBO, but it's uh, kind of the most recent one that was taken down. And he used Scientology. Mm-hmm. The deprogrammers, the cult experts do call Scientology a cult. So I'm going to say it on this episode because I said it on a previous episode. And Manson studied religion, specifically Scientology, to learn ways of manipulation and control. And then, of course, Jazzy, as you were saying, he would also talk to all the pimps on how they controlled their women in prison. And because he, he used- intentionally, that was his plan. Correct. Was and, to and, and the Dale women. Carnegie book, the How to Win Friends. Really? Wait, was it how to make, make friends, friends and, and influence win? people? It was Scientology, and that was like two of his jams. And so, and okay. then learning from the pins about manipulation, and that's why, like, talking about it in a social sense, I'm like, socially speaking, I know like ten people who are close to joining a cult alongside me, and I know five people who might be the leaders of that <clears throat> Veronica. You know, like it's, it's yeah, it does <laughs> sound like I have a cult of ten already. What's happening? Let's go. <laughs> it's it's a so it's a slippery slope if we're not allowed yeah. to talk about following your insides of no he's just creepy i'm not gonna right right it's really interesting like where does the balance come off or like where's that crossing line of like a natural part of our like want as a human being is to find connection and community of like-minded people and right? purpose and, and purpose. purpose so where is that balance and where is that line of like cult community definition and when yeah. does it start becoming culty and when is it more so just community and yeah well and the right. programmer what was mm-hmm. his name that i sent you guys i forget i didn't write it down oh my god he talked the deep programmer he talks but he's very <laughs> oh interesting. so yeah. knowledgeable what was his um, name rick allen oh. ross rick ross that's right of is course this- yes it's rick ross which is so funny because of the rapper but he talks about because you can really also weaponize people's spirituality as a cult which i don't think is fair because churches those kind of community groups you know you could be like well the catholic church is a cult Mm -hmm. the difference is you can leave there's you can have a reason to leave right and that's what he says and same with political groups like the one of the interviews with this guy brought up QAnon. is that a cult and he's like well you can leave it right like Mm -hmm. It's starting to become more of a destructive cult because of the January 6th riots. But ultimately, it is a conspiracy theory that you can leave. And destructive cults, you can't leave because at some point they're going to kidnap you, murder you. Like there's always this threat of violence. With Scientology, they cut, if you leave, they cut you off from all of your friends and family. There's also places where if you're high enough in Scientology, you don't get to leave. You get to be incarcerated at one of their sites out in fucking Hemet. Like, first of all, (laughs) gross. The fact that they even own property in Hemet is a red flag, okay? But, you know, so it's, it's that kind of thing. Are they cutting you off? from your friends and family from people who are not in this community are can you leave do you have control of your money is what they're doing with their money transparent now the catholic church no 
but you can leave it. So, you know, it's, it is a scale, like you were saying, Jesse. Isolation is a huge way Mm. to start all of the other programming, I think. So I think that's Mm -hmm. why becoming de-isolated is such a huge part of a deprogramming um, situation. So instrumental is the first thing. So it's like if somebody's trying to separate you from the Veronica's who have the eyebrow, like I think that that's like a first sign is if your friends are are your community, your original community is Mm -hmm. no longer able to have access to you for whatever reason. I think Mm -hmm. that is a huge difference. And food and sleep control. Yes. Ranieri would wake them up at two in the morning to play volleyball all the time. Yeah. You're not sleeping Mm -hmm. well. You're malnutritioned usually, or it is, like you said, controlled. Nexium did calorie control. Manson Mm -hmm. did what types of food they could eat. The girls had to be very skinny. They only were allowed to eat out of like trash cans for most of the time. They're too tired to fight back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they also do it, sorry, Stace, with um, Mm -hmm. vocabulary. They rebrand certain words that then make you further off. So in this episode, she kept talking about grandfather and the Apache the Apache can't talk. And she was this white blonde girl and black wolf was like, you're not Apache. And she was like, no, you're not Apache because you've forgotten this, that. So it takes on a completely other meaning that only insiders know. So it becomes very Mm -hmm. easy to then, Oh, well they just don't get it because they're not in the, for you to become isolated. Yeah. It's, it's, and make it seem like it's more of a situational isolation and not an intentional isolation because yeah, then at that point you're doing it to yourself or she's doing the episode she's doing it to herself we'll use her as an example she's like saying i'm apache and she's this like blonde hair blue-eyed girl and everybody in the room is like the fuck you are and then she's like i guess that's how the cookie crumbles not realizing that she's so steeped into this thought culture that she's Mm -hmm. actually isolating herself using that thought culture yeah and they call like the outsiders in the episode trespassers. Mm-hmm. I forget what Scientology calls them, but suppressives, suppressives, SPs. yes, suppressives, persons. That's right. And then what is what is the Mormon? Uh, what does Latter Day Saints call it? Because oh, also there's yeah, there's people who the FLDS. Uh, oh, the FLDS, they they call it something too. Like it's along the line of suppressives. If somebody starts yeah. to question and leaves the church, oh yes, when they've been excommunicated or they're yeah uh, yeah they're uh, they're the outsider. Oh god, it's gonna bother. Me. But they've got a word. We'll say they've got a they've got a word, and that's yeah, yeah. that is something that is a church and the. Latter day Saint wise, like obviously not everything is like the fundamentals and following Brigham Young and shit, but it is they have those practices. They have the excommunication practice. They have yeah. the isolation practice. If you fuck up and you tell your bishop, then you're not allowed to testify for like a month. Yeah. So then everybody mm-hmm. in the church knows you fucked up, even if they don't know the details because you're not allowed to do something. Yeah. And all of that little social deprogramming, I think, makes also people ripe for somebody yes. to come in and cultivate. Oh, absolutely. And it's harder to leave because even though these are religions, they do have some of these practices, which is why Manson studied them. And it starts with, this is your whole community. 
it's not just your like religious or spiritual beliefs. It's the people you know and work with. It's all of your friends. Like everything that you have to give up to leave seems like too much and it becomes so much more normal. And like they say with Scientology, it doesn't start with, you know, the lizard spawn, whatever, like Xanadu bullshit that they believe. Like it's so (laughs) crazy what they believe. It starts with self help. And to an extent, Scientology does help people and then it's too late to get out. And it's as you view their way of thinking, you view their way of living, you become more engrossed. It's you, it's what you're volunteering with. It's all of your friends. It's slowly giving you more and more information about what Scientology is. That's another big red flag of cults is you don't actually know what's going on, right? They tell Mm -hmm. you you're not ready to know that yet. Oh, Charlie will tell you in time. Oh, Mm -hmm. you'll realize this when you're ready. No. Whereas like a church can say, well, this is what we believe. And if you do this, then that's bad. But if you do this, that's good, right? Like, we'll you'll we'll use the religious thing, even though I'm also anti-church. They're a little bit more upfront. Less so again with LDS because they do steep a lot in mysticism and divide sexes. And I will say that is my church of least experience. So I will say this mm. is what I have read and heard. And I'm sure there are levels of reform to orthodox, just like the Jewish community. So we'll give that disclaimer for the Mormons. But it's basically you start doing good things, things are great, and then they give you a little bit of crazy as you go. Mm-hmm. And it becomes easy to digest. And like this is also how like huge political movements start, like the Holocaust. Hitler didn't yeah. start with kill all the Jews. People would have been like, I mean, so mm-hmm. much anti-Semitism at the time, they still would have been like, seems crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. You know, it started with Germany first. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Then it became, let's put these people over here. Yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And it slowly turns into something crazy. Jonestown did that. Uh, Jim Jones was responsible for desegregating a neighborhood alongside his church. And it really was a church. And for the people who signed up, that was amazing for them to be a part of. And I think that that's what somebody hangs on to. And like we were talking about Manson's Mm -hmm. really just like a toxic boyfriend or that got a little too much control. And it like, like, I don't think Manson had anything planned out. That's the part of Helter Skelter. This was Mm -hmm. him throwing shit at the wall. He used racism as a tool. They were already prepped because they were white people who grew up in America. He used sexual manipulation. He used drugs. He used all of the cult stuff that he learned from the pimps, all of that. And Mm -hmm. I I feel like in, in the way of when we talk about churches, like there is that idea where we're growing up it's so accepted that if somebody is in church they're a good person you know it's Mm -hmm. they're they're doing good and i think that in toxic relationships there's that point where it's like but it was good once so it could be good again yes yes and people hang in because they think it could be good again there could be that day i'm doing acid at dennis wilson's house again yeah just after we get over this little race war hump you know like it's it's Mm. well and like the girls talked about you know the family before the crimes that it was a different vibe and how different it was but he also going back to that he didn't have a plan helter skelter yeah was not a plan first of all he was so obsessed with the beatles but Helter Skelter was a song about like an amusement park. Like, wh- okay, not a race war, first of all, but sure, let's go there. But he had what really the murders kind of turned out 
to be well first of all he was fucking pissed that he wasn't gonna get a record record deal deal. so he went to melcher's old house because he couldn't find Mm -hmm. melcher and was like let's fuck shit up but there was a murder before that bobby boussoulet you know was told by manson to do it was a gary hinman right gary hinman that's right and they tortured Mm -hmm. him for a few days and stole money from him and it was basically like a kind of a drug related situation and they said like political piggy or something is what they wrote on the wall and Mm -hmm. he was arrested for it and manson was afraid he was going to turn on him in jail so he was like let's do some more murders that look the same way and then the police will think they have the wrong guy and they'll let him go. So they mm-hmm. went to the Tate house and then they went to La Bianca's and did the same things. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he's stupid. He's like fucking asshole. And we talk about it. This is a pattern too. This is his brain at work because before Hinman, there was a drug situation gone wrong that Tex was responsible for where Manson thought he killed Mm -hmm. a Black Panther. So political piggies, he wanted that written on the wall because that was his way of trying to link the lots was lots of Papa and um, the Hinman murder as a Black Panther murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more like if like if you have brother and sisters, like you going like I'm gonna put their toy next to this so it looks like they fucked up this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is. It's it's like toddler brain waves was his yeah. whole thing. And then so that's exactly what he was doing with the Labiancas was he's like, okay, well we wrote Helter Skelter on the wall, so let's also try to connect this so we can try to blame all of this one crime that I did. I fucked up. So let's try to tie all of this to the Black Panthers. Yeah. Which he was saying is about starting a war, but was really just about covering his tracks because he didn't want to go back to prison. Yeah. He was just trying to style it out, basically. Using racism as a tool that all of those white kids were primed to accept because it's so accepted in our society. Yes. And again, it was a time of severe political upheaval, social unrest, integration, like it was very much what BLM was for our generation, but on a larger scale. It is wild what was happening at this time that set the scene for people like Manson to weaponize racism as well as their misogyny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because pe- white people were so scared. If you are primed to accept that weaponization, then it's going to make sense. And so it's like its own greater cult if you yeah. don't question why you do things why you Mm -hmm. feel ways yeah and it like it wasn't just runaways either that he was getting he was getting full families i think we should also mm -hmm. talk about so like a lot of the movies show the manson girls and the followers as like eight people because those were the ones who committed all these murders but it was like it was like 30 core people and like a hundred that kind of rotated around them at its height yeah Yeah. and one of them was this family who had a 14 year old girl they were in like another commune and that commune was all about free sex and love but there was this 14 year old and they were like oh we don't want minors because legal ramifications and so her parents were like out you go the counterculture was not cute 
really. And mm-hmm. that's where she met Manson. And her parents basically gave her to Manson. Mm-hmm. Was that a snake? The yes. She was like 16 when they busted them. And that's another footnote about the story that's wrought with such brutal murder and abuse of people in general. With He was abusive to everybody around him. They actually got caught because of property crimes. Because money love. and property is key in yeah. our mm-hmm. society. Like, there's just nothing more American than this full story. Yes. Every layer of it. Yeah. And his followers weren't 20-year-olds that you see in the movie. They were teenagers. He was Mm -hmm. a straight rapist. Like, there's no two ways about it. He was 32. Yeah. Yeah. And he even, like, raped the men. I would say once you're under control of a cult leader, you no longer have consent. So mm-hmm. everyone was being raped and also raping. It, like, it's just crazy. And it's what's so interesting about Manson mm-hmm. is actually what is really never discussed, which it is that control, these exigent circumstances that allowed the prosecution to argue the case that he weaponized his followers. He used his followers as a weapon because they were under his control to argue conspiracy to commit murder because there was no way to actually link Manson to the murders. He technically, as far as we know, has not murdered anybody, but they were so under his control that they would not have murdered people had he not pointed them and fired them. So they were able to give him life without possibility for conspiracy of murder, Mm -hmm. which had not been, I think, done before for, I think that this was the conspiracy murder case that put that on the books. Technically, he was convicted of first degree murder. And then also convicted of conspiracy to commit murder for the deaths of the seven people. And that was including Sharon Tate. Yeah, he is an asshole. (laughs) Controversial. (laughs) He's an asshole. What a way to wrap it up. (laughs) He's an asshole. I think we should note, I know that you probably generally keep it evergreen, but I think that we should note that Leslie Van Houten was... Oh, yes. This week. Thank Um, you. When when we're focusing on the way that he used women as uh, the way that he was weaponizing the tools around him, which were people Mm -hmm. and were the other people that have been abused. It isn't focused enough that the women he took advantage of were teenage girls and were being raped. And yes, were victimizers. So I don't let them off the hook. They committed murders and they also deserve to be incarcerated for their crimes. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me this week, do you think she's going to do it again? And I'm like, there are so many circumstances surrounding the way she did it the first time. And she's been in jail for 50 years thinking about all the ways that she fucked up. I don't think what happened to her was was as one off as it's been sold helter skelter wise. I think what happened to her was a very specific set of circumstances and could happen to anybody should we be subjected to those set of circumstances. So I don't think Leslie Van Houten's going to do it again because I don't think Leslie Van Houten would have done it the first time had she not gotten herself involved in this set of circumstances. I don't think any of them would have. But that who the fuck asked you that? What I like 
what because right. it's 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 my grandmother she oh was okay like, i was like she was like fuck? she was like they released no. one of the manson girls do you think and i was like no i don't think that's a thing that yeah, I, that's i think that's that's if we could say that's the temperature of her generation because they did also live through it so she lived yeah. through the news cycle of these being boogeymen right so in yeah. her mind this is a boogeyman that just got released again and yeah, well, that's where she's coming from asking it it's so funny so the girls got and the girls are Patricia Krenwinkel, mm -hmm. Susan Atkins, and Leslie Van Houten. And Susan found God. She became a very devout, born-again Christian, changing Jesus for Manson, Manson for Jesus. <laughs> Sounds like a religion of itself, Manson for Jesus. <laughs> well, and didn't she, before she was in the family, wasn't she like linked to Anton LaVey? Like, I think she like danced oh, in for yeah. less troop or something like that. Yeah. She was culty. She was always, she, yeah, she was always looking for somebody. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. she had a terrible childhood, so it makes sense. But she she died in prison. Patricia is still there. She was the last one to denounce Manson. It took her a long time. Tex is still there, also got the death, all these people got the death penalty. And then, yeah, Leslie was just released in July. And the death penalty was commuted for everyone in the state of California in 1972. So then it became life without the possibility or it just became life in prison, not without they'd have to get resentenced. And they were always up for parole and they never got it. Tex is also born again, but they're, yeah, they're never given parole. And when one, Bobby Boussoulet has actually been approved for parole, but Gavin Newsom in 2019 blocked it. And it's shocking he didn't block. I'm glad he didn't. I don't know that. I that read I read that he's not his. happy about it. I I'm read sure a quote from him saying like he got overruled somehow. I don't know. I don't know the legal system enough okay. to know how that. But I I read a quote for him where I don't know if it's political, but there was like a quote from him saying like I am disheartened that the board has decided to move forward with allowing I'm glad so. They did. I'm glad they did because she, I don't think she again would not have done it. She was the first to denounce Manson. So she was the first one deprogrammed and you know no, she left her loving parents like she had a good childhood she just wanted to go live the hippie lifestyle and it was weaponized against her and yeah it's just again she was a child and now she's a 60 year old 70 year old woman like she's gonna slink off maybe get a book deal but probably just want to live in solitude because like squeaky from squeaky is did you guys know she's a real estate agent in new york wild <laughs> isn't that crazy but she uh like is a recluse otherwise but like wild there's so I much around them to that. this day it's not the funniest thing to this yeah. day and she was like one of the last ones to denounce or well she she tried to assassinate gerald ford like kind of I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess that wasn't her intention. That's what she got sensationalized as. Like, she was going <laughs> she was to trying assassinate to get his attention. Nixon. She was going to assassinate <laughs> Nixon. Hi. And then she was like, okay, well, Nixon resigned. I'm going to assassinate Ford. And the gun didn't go off. And there was no bullets in the chamber. It was like, well, what? so and she I, got I, a lot of time in this research. I recently came across an interview with her where she said, well, I wasn't trying to kill him. I was trying to get his attention. And I was like, oddly, that makes the most sense. This whole time I've been like, well, there was no bullets in it. She must have been on drugs. No, in her mind, she was like, Mr. Ford, Mr. Ford. I know yeah, he's not she's... listening. I'll use my gun to get hurt. Oh, my God. She's such she's wild. And for people, that's two years. I think that was two years after Charlie was incarcerated. So these people followed him 
for a long time. And I think mm-hmm. Snake, the girl, still has she has not denounced Manson. I th- I think she has. She's one of the ones who have like actually said he raped me. Like I feel like in, in okay, yeah, because she lives it. Like they double checking. Try to not be in the limelight a lot, which like understandably so. Patricia would be the one that I'm like, maybe we don't let her out. Yeah, Patty Krenwinkel seemed to enjoy it a yeah. lot, and she was a big she- recruiter. And I know that she was under his spell, but like. So that's the that's know. the next interesting part about this because if we're focusing on the women and deprogramming, and I know you guys talk about reform in general, mm-hmm. is they did it and they're guilty, yes. and people lost their lives. The ripples yes. felt throughout this is here fifty years later. Yeah, deserve to be sentenced. Yes. Also, where does victim and perpetrator, like, where does that line stop blending? Because Manson was a victim. We want to put him in full perpetrator box. But also, if we look into his childhood, also a victim. And yes. that's another... For people who I don't think- know, he was sent off to, like, a very strict boys school mm-hmm. for troubled boys and was just systematically sexually abused by the faculty and students there. And before then was a very abandoned youth, like his mother was abusive and like all of those things. And I think that's also important to talk about because it paints a full story of how this can happen if we don't take care of each other, if we don't live, Mm -hmm. if, if we don't live and surround ourselves with people who want the best for us and raise their eyebrows at us, like how something can get to stabbing a pregnant woman. I don't even know if I have like where I land on it when it comes to the women specifically, but there is a something to think about of the where does that mm-hmm. victim and where does that perpetrator line go and where do we throw rehab to uh, sprinkle that on top? Like mm-hmm. what's, yeah. what's that yeah. recipe? We know the recipe to get us to stabbing the pregnant woman. What's the recipe to redemption? That's mm-hmm. such a good question. And I feel like once you're in the prison system, there our society is set up there is no redemption, which is not fair necessarily. I will say that while Manson, yes, was a victim, I do think it would have happened whether or not, because I think he would have just become a Bundy because he was a narcissistic mm-hmm. sociopath. Mm-hmm. Besides being short, besides being abused, he was a con man from the beginning. He was sent to these schools because he was a petty criminal as a child and violent and weird. Like, you know, his mom and his (laughs) uncle were con men. He was born to con. Ooh, baby. You reminded me of something they said in the episode, actually, that made me laugh really hard. The BAU was like, who wants to torture five college girls? And I was like, (laughs) The BAU doesn't know about Ed Kemper? Right, right. Have they not seen Green River? Have they not been a part of Bundy? Bundy? (laughs) Like, so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like, forget. I mean, I never thought we would see any of them out of jail. I didn't Uh, either. No one did. My dad had issues when they let Squeaky Frome out, and I was like, she didn't kill anyone, Dad. She figured out how to hang out with George Spawn and get bathroom privileges. Yeah, she was the cleanest one. She was given handy for showers smell like onions (laughs) she did not smell like onions she was the one (laughs) all this talk about onions though makes me want a patty melt (laughs) a patty krenwinkle melt not Not proud but i had to it was like so gross Jazzy, do you know of any shows you have upcoming? 
Oh my god, I do have shows. Thank you for asking. I have a show on September 18th called M's Hotcakes. Nice. At the Oaks Tavern in North Hollywood. You should come. Lovely. She has a pancake truck come to the show so you could buy hotcakes while you watch the show. Oh, yes. I love that. Fun. Uh, I know how to get Veronica places. <laughs> <laughs> like Baked there's gonna goods. be a food truck bitch <laughs> thank you for the plug and thank you for this yeah. talk thank you for giving me an outlet to discuss these things this week yeah. because leslie van houten being released was wild. super wild and exciting and i was so fucking excited for this conversation like, yeah was like, that was crazy <gasps> mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of uh news in the serial killer realm that happened and then the long island serial killer they might have actually mm-hmm. caught I didn't see and that. we'll have an episode on him too and then like also recently ted kaczynski died and then the, uh, tylenol. the, the tylenol suspect died i mean <laughs> crazy <laughs> so much is happening right now well this uh, has been delightful. delightful we want you back for sure yes please oh you ladies are the best i love the show thank you thank you for coming on and thank you for having me on i was yeah. so excited and so honored so yay. Right. Yay. all right join yay, us new friend nice yay, to meet you stacy uh join nice us you. next week for another episode of criminal giants 